0: Well hey the next two Sundays are gonna be really sweet because we're just gonna have different people in the church community that I feel like God has highlighted to just share a word with us. And this week we have two people and next week we have three people which will be Brianna, Rylan, and Josiah. Isn't that a great lineup? Woo And then this week Jess Barcelona. is that how you say your last name? Praise God. And I don't do last names. If anyone knows my phone, you just, yeah, it's like I met you at JB, you're JB new. And I don't know, I got people, Andrew's Andrew intern. I got everyone in there. Jonathan Iman, got the last name right too? Okay, that's who's sharing today. So if you can welcome Jess up, that would be wonderful.
1: So I wanted to speak to you about a really lighthearted topic. Obedience. (laughs) Obedience. (laughs) And this word means a lot to me as a parent. It has meant a lot to me as a child. And I want to talk specifically about obedience to God. And I feel like we learn about the nature of God in our human relationships. And has anybody ever said to you, to do something because they told you so like that was the qualification for why you had to do it. Who has ever had that said to them? Who has ever said that to someone else? (laughs) All the parents. Yeah. (laughs) So what does that, what does that mean when you ask someone to do something because you said so? Is it because you're kind of brushing them off or you're, thinking less of them or is it because you know something that they don't know or that they can't comprehend and therefore you're asking them to trust you because of a relationship of trust to I'm asking you to do this and I need you to walk in it and I can't tell you why right now like have you ever been on a walk and you feel like you're supposed to stop my mom was in her car and she felt the Holy Spirit say stop stop when she was going to back her car up. So she stopped for no reason. She waited for like a minute and then someone stood up and they'd been tying their shoe behind her car and she would have never known, but she was listening and she knew that voice. She knew it was not just her own thought. So I want to read to you from Samuel fifteen twenty two, and this is Samuel and he is speaking to Saul. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. That's kind of intense, right? (laughs) Um... So, I just want to pray really quick. I know I'm not up here for very long, but I do want to pray for like 30 seconds. So, you would just pray with me. Jesus, I ask that you would open up our hearts to reveal places where we are not willing to walk in obedience with you. And that you would reveal in our own hearts places where we have just not let you in. And that you would grow in us a desire to follow after you wholeheartedly and that every step that we take would be one that's just seeking you, seeking your heart, seeking what you have for our lives. And that you would um, guide my words tonight. Amen. Um, so when someone asks you to trust them, it's usually because you have a relationship, right? Um, You don't say to a stranger, come on, let's let's go do this thing. Like, why? Why would I trust you? Why would I follow after you? But the, the goal of our relationship with God is that we're walking so closely with Him that when He asks us to do things, we're already right there with Him and we know that He has our best interest at heart, so why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we follow Him? Why wouldn't we obey Him? And I wish we had a book full of things He's told us to do. <laughs> There's got to be like a podcast, right? Or something. Someone has to have put that in really pretty script, like on some Instagram thing, right? Like, what's God asked us to do? Can you tell me one thing that God has asked us to do? You have to say it. To love? Are there 10 things specifically? <laughs> There's a list. There's multiple places and there's so many things. And um, they don't contradict each other. The heart of God doesn't contradict itself. We do. We often look at the Bible and we want to change it to fit us, right? But we're supposed to be changed by it. We're supposed to look at scripture and be changed, not look for ways to flip it and reword it and look for the translation that Tells us what we were wanting to hear. So um (laughs) um, but to live close to Jesus is to be able to hear his voice and to follow him is something that should be second nature. It should be like walking with someone that you love the most. Um so I wanted to read first John 2 verse 3. We can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but does not obey His commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we're living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. So we have an example of things God's asked of us, and we also have an example of how to live those, right? because Jesus walked that out for us. So it's really good if you're a visual learner, you can kind of imagine, right? You can imagine how Jesus would be living. Um, And Jesus said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So Jesus was in obedience with the Father when he was saying that, right? Um, I don't want to be outshone by a cat showing off, so. So, do you love Jesus? Wait, it just says, anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. That's, so. That is my point that I'm trying to make. I don't know if you got that one, but... (laughs) To love Jesus is to obey the Father. Jesus lived that out. He obeyed the Father, right? He was in full and complete submission to the will of the Father. And so he is our example. And if you're obedient to God and he asks you to do something and you don't do it, does he just keep waiting for you or does he ask somebody else? He asks somebody else. So... If you choose to not be obedient to what God is asking you, whether it's to stand up for something or to do something for someone or um, whatever it is, whatever he's calling you to do, if you don't do it, you're missing out on blessings. So it's not like your life of obedience is going to be one where you're just cowering in the shadow of God, just hoping that everything works out. It's one of living the life that he's called you to live. It's one full of blessing because he said that. He will bless that. He said that anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Do you guys want to build your houses on solid rock? Yeah. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and wind beats against that house, it will not collapse because it's built on bedrock. Why? Because they listen to the teaching, right? But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the wind beats against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So I'm a mom, and I think that maybe some people might think I'm like, she's like the cool mom, she's like a hip mom, you know, she like hangs out with young people. And, and you know what? I am not cool. I want you all to make really good choices. I really do. I want you to be prayerful about your choices. And I don't think that you should just live a life where you're just like, oh, grace, 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 till the day I die. No. <laughs> we should be living in such communion with God that that the obedience is just the overflow of the love we have. Obedience is going to be the thing that comes out of us because it's all we want. Do we have the best plan or does God? I think sometimes we think we have a better plan. I know, I've thought in my life I've had a better plan than God. I was very wrong. So, if you're thinking that you have a better plan than God, um, I think that... I mean, I don't want to be harsh, and I'm not talking to anyone in particular. I'm just talking, like, to this group of people. But if you think you have a better plan than God, then that is just pride of putting your yourself and what you think above what God has said. So, anyway, like I said, I'm really not a cool mom. Um, I really do think that you should eat healthy and drink a lot of water and get sleep and... Um, Guard your words and be really kind and loving and give things away freely and, you know, obey God and follow what he says and be the dorky Christian. <laughs> so that's my goal for you. For my, That's my prayer for, for everybody here is that you would embrace that in your life and just being set apart from this world, not being comfortable in this world. We shouldn't feel at home here, so... Um, obedience is the fruit of being close to Jesus it's the foundation for life that God has for us and it holds the blessings of being close to the Father so I really want that I, I want all of you to want that I know many of you do um, so that's my spiel about obedience the
0: end <laughs> So good. So good. Woo! Love that stuff. JoJo's only 10. She's like, this is really good. This is really good, Dad. (laughs) She knows. She knows what the Holy Spirit's saying. So hey, we're just going to take a little Selah moment with the Lord and I don't want us to skip what God is saying right now because you never want to mix up the messenger and the message so you're like oh you know whatever they don't have issues with you but you know people are like oh I don't even like no 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 it's the message and what the Holy Spirit was saying through her and so once you have your word what God is saying to you and don't don't try to make me feel good please don't but stand up once you know what the Holy Spirit is saying to you through what you just heard. And once everyone's up, because I know God said something to everyone at some level, we'll move on to our second speaker. And we will wait. Oh, we will wait, people. (laughs) Okay. So just let the Holy Spirit, Jesus, what do you want to say to us through what we just heard on obedience? Let's just all sit back down. Love it. So I just want to give you one scripture out of Hebrews 1, and this is talking of Jesus. It said that he loved righteousness, he hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, his God, anointed him with the oil of joy above all of his companions. The most joyful person that ever walked the earth was Jesus Christ. He loved righteousness. He hated lawlessness, the disregard for authority. Therefore, God, his God, put the oil of joy over him. Who knows when you think about the most obedient people in your life to Jesus are the most joyful people? (laughs) They just go hand in hand, straight up. You want more joy, more satisfaction, more life? Obedience. As a dad, like what Jess was saying, like my children, when they listen, I'm like, bless you. What else can I give you? I just want to just pour the kingdom and what I have, my finances, my life over you because you're obeying. (laughs) So the Christian life is I get to, it's never I have to. It's I get to, I get to do this. I get to do this. I get to do this. Never I have to. So hallelujah. All right. Welcome Jonathan up. I don't know if Jonathan switched topics, but he said, I'm going to talk about encouragement. I'm like, you're definitely going second then.
2: <laughs> I, surprise. I switched topics. It's okay. It's positive. Um, my topic today is um, is on... Sorry, I brought my old school Bible here. Where's my notes? Um Oh, wow, I have a lot of notes. Sorry, guys. Did my notes fall out? They might be in my pocket. They are. I'm not nervous. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this group of people here today. I pray a special blessing on them, Lord. Um, I just believe in what your word says, that you bring us here for such a time as this. And... I just pray a special anointing on them. I pray that we would all have ears that hear and hearts that respond and that you would just bless your word and bring it into action. And we would hear testimonies uh, in the very near future of what you've done for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Sorry. So, uh, so the, uh, the, the, the topic here is, there we go. Sorry, I'm holding you guys in in suspense here. Is being peacemakers. So, uh, my wife and I recently, we were having kind of a rough time. We we run our own business and uh, there was just a period of sort of chaoticness uh, in the business, a little bit in some of our personal relationships. Uh, We have four kids, so that can sometimes get a little chaotic. And I went to the Lord and said... um, you know, God, this is this is kind of so messy and I I feel like um, I shouldn't be struggling right now. Uh, Lord, I just want to be blessed, right? So I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us have gone to the Lord with something as simple as that. Lord, I just want to be blessed. What do I have to do to be blessed? And so his response to me was, blessed are the peacemakers. And, um, and so that really sent me on a, a vein of thinking uh, what he means by that. Uh, that's actually, that that word peacemakers, that's the only time it's used in the Bible in the Beatitudes there in Matthew 5. So Matthew 5, 9 is, you know, Jesus going through that list of blessings for people and he says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And um, the Lord really brought us uh, through a, a little bit of a process I uh, went to to Tracy my wife and said, "Hey, I feel like the Lord told us this, told me this. What does it mean? You know, how do how do we become makers of peace?" And it's interesting because I used to think of that term as like uh, you know, you find two parties who are kind of duking it out and you get in between them and go, "No, no, no, don't do that." Make peace. And God goes, "There's a blessing for you." And uh and w- while that might be the case, it's it's a lot more than that. So um, he brought me an idea that was sort of like uh, more like when you're making peace like when two parties are at war or whatever they make a declaration of peace and they have people who actually come down into the same room and sit at the same table and sign declarations making peace with one another but that even has a symbolic uh, Meaning it's, it's, it's uh, the way that it all works out isn't necessarily because of that piece of paper. There's lots of things that follow thereafter. And it really is sort of an acknowledgement that you're going to control certain reactions to things and, and sort of temper things uh, in a way that is, is peaceful. So the Lord started challenging me, how do I do something like that in the spiritual sense? And it reminded me of uh, the verse in Psalm 23, where he says, uh, it's 23.5, where he says, uh, you make a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And that sort of inspired Tracy and I to start making peace, almost like manufacturing peace, where we're going to start offering our table in our home, to people, and say, "Hey, I'd like you to sit down, have a meal with me, and then believe in faith that the Lord actually takes that and makes it into peace for your life, for their life, in general, for your household. Um, I'm sure for the community houses here, that's a you know a, a nice thing to think of uh, that it's really becoming a, a haven, you know, uh, spiritually for people, and that when they enter, the Holy Spirit is there in His presence." leads them to a more tangible form of peace in their life uh, by sharing that table with you So we started uh, uh, experimenting with that and definitely the Lord has uh, has brought us a lot of blessing for that and I just really want to encourage you guys um, to consider the same thing so just uh, real quick I figured I'd go into some of the details uh, that word peacemaker in Greek is oh boy I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this uh, Ire I re napoyos. Uh, so, Irene, which is which is from Iro, means to join, to tie together into a whole. It's properly used as the term wholeness when all essential parts are joined together, or peace, meaning peacefulness. But if you think pieces, we take pieces and we jointly fit them together. Then when they are whole, they are at. Peace. And then poeo is just to make or to do. Um, But if you think about that, it's the same idea. You're actually making something. And I believe that uh, we are made in the image of the Lord. He is a creator, He spoke things into existence that are tangible substances he made us sort of like that whereby using our faith there's a translation in hebrews 11 that says that faith is a substance faith is, faith is the substance of things hoped for he gives us the power to activate our faith as a building block to create something tangible and being able to do that in the name of peace blessed by the prince of peace is something that we're capable of doing. You don't have to win God over to do it. He empowered us to do it with his grace. So, uh, my wife led me to an a online sermon by uh, Rick, I'm, I'm, is it Ezel or Ezel, Uh and he was sort of explaining more about what peace is and what it is not. Peace is not necessarily the absence of conflict. Peace is not necessarily the avoidance of strife. It is not the appeasement of parties, and it is not the accommodation of issues. But it is more than that. It is a resolution and a reconciliation that allows a productive relationship for the future. And that's exactly what the heart of the Father is towards us. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9.6. He's the mighty counselor in that same verse where nobody can uh, lead us to a better and more fulfilling peace and wholeness than Jesus. And being able to rely on that in the place where you live is absolutely critical uh, to our lives no matter what stage we're in. Um, so I just kind of went to the Lord and and when he was encouraging me to that, you know, I, I had the kind of what do I do now, Lord uh, thing. So he, he uh, you know, he told me about that verse in Psalm, you know, prepare a table, which which makes good sense because he already said that uh, in, in Matthew 18 there where, where two or three are gathered, that he's in the midst there. And it's real easy to gather around a table. That's just human nature. We we set a little table with some food, the, the people will come. So I figure, okay, Lord, I'm going to set a table. I'll pray before my guests arrive, you know, so that your presence is with me. I talked about, you know, faith being that activating substance, but it's kind of cool if you think about, you know, making a meal and praying over it and praying over your guests. You're sort of blending faith and works, Right. You you came up with something tangible like food and preparing your home, but you throw a little teaspoon of faith into it and now you're coming up with something that is spiritually tangible and spiritually fulfilling and sustaining uh, as well. And I believe that no matter where somebody is in their walk with the Lord, or if they're not a believer, that they can feel that and sense that the same way that they can food in their stomach. Um, and then I also was led to basically use that moment to declare peace with that person. And that this, this person doesn't have to be an enemy, but you declare peace over their life and over yourself as well. Uh, and it reminded me of uh, what, what they call the Aaronic uh, benediction, Numbers 6, 24 through 25. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So, I really wanted to at least um, offer you guys... um, a bit of a, a bit of a commitment and, a, a, an opportunity. You know, if, if you, if you live in a situation where it's not necessarily easy for you to whip out a meal for people, or maybe there's just a lot of ins and outs and you, and you're shooting for peace, I would love it for you guys to hit Tracy and I up. We would love to host, uh, if there's somebody who you feel like you want to reach out to, then, uh, come to us. We, we live right outside of, of IV about a two minute drive. And, um, uh, and we would love to begin uh, hosting as many people as we can to see the Lord begin working those things in people's lives where they just come to your house. Hey, you might just sit around and be eating a little bit and talk a little bit. You don't have to get necessarily down to the nitty-gritty. But in spiritual places, he says, you know, you, you prepare a table in front of my enemies. Our enemies are principalities and whatnot up there. you know. And, and how awesome that we can do this physical thing in front of the enemy who hates us and we're sitting here feeding people and everything, which is not, I mean, JB's already been doing it for, for years. We're just, uh, uh, offering it maybe in m- more, uh, settings. Um, so I just wanted to sort of, sort of offer our, uh, invite and our services with that, but also encourage you guys to think about how you could fit that into your home areas and, um, and declare peace. When you start getting stressed out about something, or if you're talking to a friend or a family member about something that seems to be giving them a uh, anxiety, think of this benediction and and just declare peace over it, and watch the Lord work. He's He's all powerful. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere, and uh, and it really is His will for us to walk in peace with Him. So uh, that's pretty much it. I just wanted to give you guys that little piece of love.
0: Thanks, Jonathan. Great word. Let's just do one more song. Does that sound good? Mark and Travis. If you don't know the word blessed in the Beatitudes is the same word for happy. It's the exact same word. And uh, happy are the peacemakers. That's a great thing. It's not, and you've probably heard this before. It's not a peacekeeper. That's easy because that's a people pleasing spirit. That's just trying to like keep peace, not want anything go crazy. But it's a peacemaker. You're literally making peace, kind of like what Jonathan was saying. Um, So anyway, today was great, huh? Two good words. Blessing is always on the doer of the word, never the hearer of the word. And so, what's great, you could hear the most radical sermon and be so fired up and be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to change the world. And you're still in your seat. So, it's like once you leave, you know, how do we put into life just what we're hearing from God? Amen. 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 All right.